Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. Can you hear me smiling? I'm smiling. I'm happy. I'm really happy about this episode because in this episode, I am joined by author Jen Sincero, who came on the podcast back in 2017 and who is the best-selling author of the You Are a Badass books. I'm so glad that she's come back. Jen's story is that she was making $30,000 a year and not feeling very good about that, her life, her income, or her future. So decided it was time to make some changes that would help turn her life around. And she's now doing extremely well, thank you very much. And she's funneled the process that she went through into her books, which have gone on to help millions and millions of people around the world access their own badassery and optimize their lives. I'm one of them. I read Jen, Jen's books when I was in what you might call a precarious emotional mental state. I was not only pretty unhappy in life generally, but I was also underselling myself in work, which meant that I was struggling to keep my head above water financially. And I had reached that point where I couldn't see an end in sight. Everything seemed so helpless and hopeless. I stayed in a state of depression because I could not see a way out. I couldn't see the pieces in front of me that I could put together to change my situation. My internal monologue was incredibly cruel and unhelpful. And I had lost all sense that there was an option to not feel low, inadequate, poor or useless. I was a great person to be around. I wasn't. I isolated myself. It was fine. No one really, no one really got the fallout of that. A combination of things really helped me, including therapy. But her books indelibly etch themselves into my mind. And I use the tools she shares within them on a daily basis to this day. And I will continue to. There's something about the way she communicates that really spoke to me. And I hope it speaks to you too. It's why... I'm extremely thrilled that she's agreed to come back on the podcast to talk about her latest book, which is You Are a Badass Every Day, which kind of condenses the principles from the You Are a Badass and You Are a Badass at Making Money books into bite-size, dip-in-and-outable, invaluable resource. So as I said, I've read both of those books. And every now and again, when I'm feeling a bit of a wobble or I think, oh, I really need to get back into them, reading a whole book is one thing, but now she's literally given me... All that I wanted, which is 
something where I can open it up, tap into that mindset and I'm on my way. It's all good. I can move forward. It's pretty clear, isn't it? I am a fan. I was helped hugely by the way Jen speaks. Um, I just really dig what she does. So to be able to bring her back and potentially share that resource with you, my brilliant listeners, is something I'm really delighted to do. And I know the reason I'm so excited, regardless of my own fandom, is that I know that after her last appearance on the show, some listeners bought her books and found them transformative too. So spreading the badass word is something I'm very happy to do. As I say to Jen in the show, her books are the books I buy and gift to people the most. I... I have bought this book probably upwards of 30 times for people. If anyone ever articulates to me that they're feeling stuck, helpless or useless and they ask for my advice, I will obviously give them my time, listen to them and offer what I think is helpful advice or opinion. But I also then follow that up by sending her by sending them her books immediately. I believe them to be very powerful and while there are spiritual elements uh, I do think that they present an extremely practical and grounded approach. So that's it, it resonated with me and it's resonated with a lot of people who I've also given these books to. Like the last episode, we recorded the show via internet call because we were not in the same country or in the same time zone. So it's not the usual in-person chat that you're used to, but I bought some new kit and did some tinkering around and did a lot of research on YouTube about how to do this properly. And I think the audio has come out pretty well. So I hope you can hear everything Jen says clearly, wherever it is or however it is that you are listening. I hope it goes without saying that all the links to Jen's books and everything discussed will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this show. But for now, please do welcome back best-selling author and, as she describes herself on her Instagram profile, motivational cattle prod, Jen Sincero on The Emma Gunn Show. 18 months. Wow, how is that possible? I don't know, but so much has happened. So much has happened for you. It's incredible. I have to agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) You've been on a badass journey, quite literally. So have you, lady. You've been kicking butt on this thing. You're everywhere. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you very much. I am... Yeah, I mean, things have moved on a lot since we last spoke. Like the podcast is in a different place completely. And, you know, I've just been working hard and putting all your books into practice, my friend. <laughs> well, I think you can take credit for it, but that's, it's so exciting. I really, I do. I see her. I was like, man, she is, I just, it's so nice to see your name just keeps popping up. So Aww, thank you. Well, yeah, I'm hustling yeah. my ass off. And actually, Good. That leads us in very nicely to one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about, because um, you, uh, the new book, You Are a Badass Every Day, How to Keep Your Motivation Strong, Your Vibe High, and Your Quest from Transformation Unstoppable, is, is actually everything that I needed. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> um, because... As you know, and as the listeners will know, when I when I last had you on the show, I've read both your other books, mm. and I feel that they elevated me. And I wonder whether this was the feedback you were getting because you've been touring these books around mm. the globe. Yes. Sometimes, if I feel like I'm having a dip, I can't read the whole book again. So I needed a badass buddy, and that's what you made me. Oh, good! That was exactly my intention. A little, a littler one that's easier to carry around, even. Yeah, well, exactly. 
much yeah. easier to carry around. Yeah. Well, the, the big question I kept getting was, you know, I've read the books and I get all inspired and then I slip backwards and my motivation dips and, you know, it, it happens to everybody. You, you mm. get all pumped up and then you've got to keep that muscle of pump uppery strong. So that was the intention of the book. And I, I had to wonder when I was doing my research for this one, if that's the feedback that you get a lot, and it's definitely the questions that came in from my listeners, like I get inspired, but then I can't follow through. Mm. How do you put the boundaries around yourself so it doesn't affect your badassery? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. Yeah, just um, how do you put boundaries up around yourself? So that it doesn't drain you, so that other people not being able to maybe follow through. How do you keep oh, your energy oh. high to keep your... Um, I see. I see. Um, you know, it's all, I talk about it a lot in all my books, but the most in this book, it's about going to the spiritual gym because we're all surrounded by so much different energy and we can't control other people's energy, unfortunately, although I have tried many times. Um, so having this spiritual gym practice in place, which is basically reading a self-help book every day, um, exercising, listening to music that pumps you up, you know, watching YouTube videos, meditating, like whatever it is that keeps that, um, that excitement strong and that connection to the belief that you really can do it and that it is possible. You know, those are confidence and tenacity and belief though. All those things are muscles that you've got to literally keep in shape. So there are tools that you can put into place. And, and the other thing about this is it can be just like 15 minutes a day, mm. you know, where it doesn't need to, you know, everybody's like, I've got so much to do already. I'm trying to change my life. This doesn't add to your day. If you actually go to the spiritual gym every day, it will make everything you're doing happen so much faster and easier. So it's super duper important. Mm. And one of the parts of the spiritual gym is meditation. And we've talked about that before. And I get this feedback quite a lot from people. And I can really relate to it in that I jump out of bed and I think, right, go, go, go. And all, yes. you know, all systems go. And it almost feels wrong to actually, in that moment, stop, <sighs> pause and meditate. Right. I suffer from the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and... If that's really the case, I think it's so important to work with who you are and how you function best. So if first thing in the morning, if that is your mightiest time when you're completely fresh and sharp and energized, then don't meditate then, you know, make, make a time during the day. You know, my best time is at like two o'clock in the afternoon because that's when I want to take a nap <laughs> and, um, and slow down, you know, and I've been out, I've been out all day doing my thing and striking things off my to-do list. And that honestly is good. But you know, the middle of the day is tricky because you get swept up. So you've got to be diligent and you've got to really remember that it, how important it is, you know? So that's, that's the only tough part, part about that, but you know, come on, you can make that happen. Exactly. And I, um, I really like how you talk about why meditating is so important. And so I wanted to kind of unpick it a little bit for the listeners here is talking about um, unhooking from the conscious mind so that mm -hmm. you can separate yourself from the beliefs or negative patterns that maybe you don't realize you're working with. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we tend to, first of all, put much more emphasis on conscious mind stuff in our culture where logical thought and experience and reasoning and, you know, thinking things through is all very, and it's good. I'm not mm. trashing that. 
But we've got this inner intuition that, I mean, how many times have people said, I should have listened to my gut, you know? And we've got this inner resource that we sort of poo-poo and just bulldoze over with our conscious minds. And this inner knowing is the stuff that leads to really kicking ass and taking names in life. And also just to being more joyful because that's your heart speaking. That's, that's your, your, you know, stripped down version of yourself that doesn't have any of the judgments and the, you know, I should do this because my parents told me I should do this or, you know, it's the pure part of yourself and you connect to that and get really good at hearing that when you practice meditation. Mm. And it's interesting what you say as well about um, the true version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think definitely on my self-help journey, and I do want to come back to self-help in a second, I had never really asked myself the question, what makes me happy? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. But when I asked it, and I don't know if this is your experience, it was really confronting because I had to go, I don't know. Right? And it... And it changes. That's the thing that's really blowing my mind. You know, I, I turned mm-hmm. 50 a couple of years ago and I've always just assumed, you know, being in a band and traveling with the world and all of these things, you know, that's what I've done my whole life. And I was like, you know what? I actually want to build a house and have my friends over for dinner and take naps. <laughs> and that's really, you know, so it changes. And I think it's really important that we take it. Honestly, this is the thing that kills me is it takes literally like, I don't know, five minutes to sit down and make a list and ask yourself, okay, what, without anybody else's input, what are the things that really bring me joy right now? And making that list and then, you know, perhaps course correcting to make your life feed that list better. And what if someone's listening to this and they think, okay, I'm going to write down my list and then they write it and then they start to think about what other people might think of their list. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't, what can I say? It's the biggest waste of time. Why does what anybody else think? You know, and we do, we live in a very comparative, you know, we we love to compare ourselves to others, especially with social media and stuff, Mm. but who cares? You know, the thing that I keep going back to that some people might see as a terrifyingly negative thing, but I am obsessed with this idea that we are on a ball in infinite space right now. Right? So we're on a ball in infinite space and you're going to not do what brings you joy because Sally next door thinks it's stupid. Mm. Who knows what this whole experience of being a human being alive on planet earth is about anyway. It's ridiculous if you spend two seconds thinking about it. So that sort of gives me license to just do whatever the hell I want to do because it's all so bonkers anyway. And I don't want to give away too much of the new book, but when I read it, there was a a page in the book that I took a picture of and I messaged it and have been messaging it to loads of people. And it's basically, it's the, it's, it's a dip in and out book, isn't it? There are some longer passages, but there are also some really nice little nuggets. And the one that I just keep coming back to is the universe requests the honor of your presence at the raging cosmic bender through time, space and infinite possibility, otherwise known as your one and only life. What are you bringing to the party? Your drabble pile of sob stories or your dancing shoes? Mm. And that is just perfect because you talk as well in all of the books about this choice that you make and Mm -hmm. this choice you make to course correct or live the life that you actually want. And when you take it back down to the piece of rock hurtling through the universe, Mm 
<laughs> much easier to gain perspective maybe right that's that's what i'm hoping people are grasping cuz that's what knocks me out of my you know when i get trapped in my new shot and stupid little thoughts and you know pity parties and stuff it's like come on mm-hmm. really you know, let's zoom back and have some perspective on this and and go for it. And the thing also that I think is so great about remembering that we are on a piece of rock in outer space is that there is no safety. There is no playing it safe. Mm. So that's, I think, what really, you know, stops people dead in their tracks is taking that big leap, taking that big risk, which is what you have to do if you're going to change your life. Um, you might as well do it anyway because you're on a rock in outer space. <laughs> that was actually one of the questions that came in a lot from listeners was just saying how important are risks to being a badass? Mm. It's everything because you got to where you are right now by doing whatever it is that you've done. And if you keep repeating the same stuff, nothing's going to change. You know, and I think, you know, we've been told to work harder which I think is so bananas. And you do have, you know, I'm not saying sometimes you don't have to work hard to change your life, but if you work harder at the same thing, you're just going to get more of the same and be more tired. Mm -hmm. If you really want to change your life, it's not hard. It's scary because you've got to take some risk. You've got to spend some money that's terrifying for you to spend, or you have to ask for help from somebody who's terrifying to ask, or you've got to quit that job and create a whole new business that is, you know, it's as scary as hell, but it's, it's not necessarily hard. And I always talk about how there's that, that fear and excitement are, are pretty much the same feeling. You know, I feel mine in my gut and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that combination of terror and excitement because that's, that is the bullseye and that is what really being alive is because that's when you're just like, whoa, you're going for it. And, you know, we've all felt it. We've all done it. And um, that, I think, is so exciting. So this whole thing where people are always, you know, fear is the big dream killer. It's like fear is the best compass you've got to Mm -hmm. figure out what it is you need to do. I listened to a brilliant interview with Jamie Foxx and he was saying what he says to his children Uh, when they say that they're scared of something and he says, okay, imagine that there's a line on the floor between us and that line is fear. Tell me what's on the other side of it. Mm. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was, I thought that was really right. Right. Exactly. I thought that was really strong. And half the time, you know, fear is in our minds anyway. Like how many times have you been terrified of something? And then you're like, Oh, that was totally no big deal at all. Mm. And people will, not live their entire lives because of a fear that may or may not come true, you know? Yes, there's always a reason not to do something. Exactly. But I think one of the things I definitely got from your books is, or get from your books, because I apply the logic every day, and actually it was the thing that uh, feeds into what you're saying about fear and excitement, is for the first time, I actually realized I had control. Mm. Like I could make yeah. decisions and act, I could make things happen. Right. And I don't, is that the kind of, is that what you yeah. experienced that you had? Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing. And I'm curious how it happened for you is that we so focus on all the reasons why it can't happen and why we feel powerless. And, you know, I had 40 plus years of proof that I sucked at making money and I was broke and, 
you know, that no matter what I tried, it never, never worked. Right. I was really, really attached to that story. And we identify with these, um, you know, we, we create whole identities and whole quote unquote realities around these, these quote unquote truths, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You know, cause we've got proof. So the, the, when you admit to yourself that you actually do have control, it screws everything up, you know, because you've been really digging your heels in about this truth. So by having the audacity to admit that you have control, um, it's terrifying because then it's, it's up to you to change it. Right. Mm. And it's incredibly liberating because it's up to you to change it. So that's huge when you have that aha moment and be like, okay, I'm on a ball in outer space. <laughs> you know, this is a magical existence that we're having anyway. So why the hell not? Even though, even though I have 40 years of proof mm-hmm. that I suck at making money, I'm going to change my mind about that. And I'm going to take big fat risks and I'm going to create the reality that I prefer instead of that one. Yes. And I think for me personally, it felt like the difference between being a passenger in the car and then suddenly finding myself behind the wheel. Exactly. And there's responsibility behind that wheel, you know, mm. but there's also incredible freedom. So bring it on. Oh, yeah. I put that roof down and I blasted that stereo up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm having a ball. But within that change and within feeling those different things and working those atrophied muscles and feeling a lot stronger, thanks to my spiritual gym, mm-hmm. I feel like... Obviously, when one changes, the world kind of changes around you and maybe people, you can't take everyone with you as the expression. Mm. Mm -hmm. For somebody who's perhaps going through this journey and has maybe made some changes and can feel that turbulence, what might you, what words of advice might you offer? Well, first of all, it's incredibly, it's almost a given that you're not, that you're going to lose some people along the way. Um, but it's also almost a given that you're going to make some really awesome new friends and, and, you know, welcome in new people with higher frequencies who are more along the lines of where you're headed and being. So, you know, but you've got one life on planet earth as the you that is you, and you are unauthorized to spend it staying small and shrinking back because you're scared to lose the small minded people around you. Right. I mean, You can still love the people you love and keep them in your life, but you may not have as much in common with them anymore. And that's, you know, it's okay because if you stay small because of that fear of losing them, you're not doing anybody any favors. You know, first of all, you're going to get really resentful Mm -hmm. because you're not allowing yourself to move forward, whether you realize it or not. And you're not helping them because by admitting that, yep, this is the best all of us can do you know, I'm not going to take any chances or risk, then you don't model any exciting and inspirational behavior for them either. So, but I'm not, you know, it is, it is painful. I lost some very dear people along the way, but I wouldn't, you know, trade it for the world. Well, uh, there's that famous quote, isn't there, about the, um, the reason why the caterpillar goes into a chrysalis is because change hurts. Mm. the caterpillar screaming i've done terrible justice to that quote but I will oh wow i've actually never heard that one that's really good um i will i will find the appropriate one and send okay because <laughs> it's much it's much neater than what i just did unfortunately <laughs> okay uh, coming back to the self-help thing um i have probably since i last spoke to you your books are the books that i have bought most in my life oh, and thank i you. 
gift them to people. Um, because one of the things that, hap- that has happened is that as much as there may be people who I maybe don't mesh with as well, there are people who I mesh with even better. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if they're going through a rough time, I will give them, it's like uh, the Matrix, blue pill, red pill. It's like yellow uh, pill, green book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Depending well, on what thank they you. need. And I always have to preface it when they say, oh, is it a self-help book? And I say, well, kind of. <laughs> but I, I mean, I know that you sit within that category because the books have to go into a category. Do you, mm-hmm. do you, do you think it's, would you call it straight self-help or do have you come up with another way of describing your style of what you do? Well, that's an interesting question. I've never thought about that. How fun if I could just create my own section of a bookstore. I'm all for it. <laughs> I, fe- okay, I feel like it's motivational comedy. How's that? Yes, I like that a lot. <laughs> or motivational memoir or something like that. I don't yes. know. Yeah. Because I just think there's, there's, a, there's an awful lot of self-help. I don't think self-help has been as popular as it is right now. With, right. You know, hashtag Monday motivation, hashtag InstaQuote. Mm-hmm. And it's become there's like there's almost like a cult of self help which makes which really turns me off, and I mm-hmm. know a lot of people. So I I do feel like your books cut through that because thank you that was the intention <laughs> and you know well honestly I gotta say like all of these sort of more earnest and quieter self help books mm-hmm. have incredible information. You know, back in the day when I was reading every single one I could get my hands on, they were all really helping me change my life massively. So I don't want to diss them, Mm -hmm. but I'm a writer and, you know, I was a writer long before I was a coach. And I, you know, as all artistic people do, the second you see someone else doing something, you're like, I can do that better. (laughs) So I was, you know, so I'm reading all these self-help books. I was like, you know, where's the one that I want to read that's got story and curse words and and stuff like that. And I was aware of the fact that there were so many people like me out there who were so reticent to pick up a self-help book because it was so goopy and woo-woo. And I was like, God, if I could write something that's a little edgy or maybe more people would receive this incredible information. So mm. that was my good. I've said it before. It's like you've got a cheerleader in the book, but you're not the cheerleader who, who soft soaps it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you'll be yeah. tough with us, but it's far away yes. good. Sorry, but that's what it takes. (laughs) Um, I really want to talk about being diligent about your thoughts, your feelings, and your words. And my very good friend, Tom, who has been on this show in actual fact, uh, we were talking on text recently, and I said something about, like, oh, I'm just not very good at relationships. And he just said, oh, Emma, please be really careful what you say. They're like spells. Oh, my gosh, I love that. I know. And you, you... cover that a lot in the books about reframing yeah. your vocabulary and yeah. um, eliminating what you describe uh, or have described as low vibe phrases like I want, I should, I wish, I can't. And for the mm-hmm. listeners who maybe didn't listen to the, haven't heard the previous episode or haven't read the books, I would just like to go into that a little bit. I've definitely found it useful in my own life. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you think about how susceptible we are and how unconscious we live our lives. Like if your parents tell you that you're stupid your whole life or that you're mean or that it's not okay to make money, you know, that that rich people suck, you know, whatever it is, you sort of, without thinking about it, take it on as truth. Mm. And then unconsciously you sort of stumble around your whole life. And it isn't until you start doing this kind of work and wake up and be like, you know, you know, 
or like you say, you know, I, I stink at relationships. You just sort of take it as the truth and, and stumble on. Mm. And that's why we always say that the key to change is awareness. And that awareness of waking up being like, wait a minute, why do I keep saying that? Do I have any successful relationships in my life? And then you start looking at it, you're like, my God, I've got like, I've had friends for 25 years and I'm, you know, so, and then, and then you start to pick apart the, the, what's falling out of your mouth and what beliefs you toss around all the time. And, um, and this is, you know, this is something that I talk about in, in all the books, but something that I, I put into practice in my own life. And at first I was just like, you've got to be kidding me because it seemed so out there and stupid, but I kept reading over and over that your thoughts, beliefs, and words dictate your reality. Mm-hmm. So I caught myself back in the day. And one of the the things that I was saying over and over and over was I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. So I was like, let's just start there. So every time I wanted to say, I can't afford it. I forced myself to say money flows to me easily and freely. Mm-hmm. And even though I was living in a garage, driving around a car with no grill, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I forced myself to say that I didn't believe it at first, mm-hmm. but the important thing with all of these, you know, changing the story and changing the, the, you know, the script that you're in the spell that you're casting Mm. is that it makes you feel a certain way. So even though I didn't believe right off the bat that money flows to me easily and freely, it made me more excited and it made me look for proof of money flowing to me easily and freely, which, you know, there was, it wasn't a lot at first, you know, I'd find a dollar on the ground or I get a new freelance writing gig, but then I started looking for more proof and lo and behold, I opened myself up to the opportunities for money to flow to me easily and freely that I could not see because I was so busy proving that I can't afford it. Yeah, the thing about um, you will find proof unconsciously. We all love to be right. So if you're saying I can't afford stuff, you will find proof that you can't afford things. Exactly, exactly. Or can't can't sustain a relationship or anything like that. And then when we've changed our vocabulary and we're focusing on what we want, you said before that fragmenting is the kiss of death Mm -hmm. for um, making those changes, that you have to be singularly focused. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with creative projects, because the problem is, and I'm sure you have this too, and we're all creative people, by the way. I mean, we are creating our realities, so nobody gets off the hook on this one. But, you know, the second you make a decision like, okay, I'm, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to double my income or I'm going to um, date successful men or, you know, whatever your decision is that you have made, Mm -hmm. the second it gets challenging, which it's not an if, it's when it gets challenging, you could very easily be like, oh, you know what? This actually isn't the book I was meant to write. I'm supposed to write this other book or, you know, I don't, successful men, you know, I don't really get along with them that well because I'm successful too. So I'm going to go for somebody who's maybe not successful (laughs) or, you know, or this isn't the business I was meant to start because I'm actually better at this. So we, the second it gets challenging, we come in with all of these reasons why it's not going to work and we shift. And then what happens is when we shift, that challenge comes up and then we shift again. And then there's another challenge. And then you're sitting there 10 years later, like, gee, I still haven't even written a chapter of my book. (laughs) So you are unauthorized to change. It is, it is the leading cause of not getting anything done. I am a big believer in that. And, and the other thing is the second you, you make that decision, I call it the tricksters, the tricksters start flowing in. So every single solitary time I sit down to write a new book, I get like 15 
awesome ideas for other books. It never fails. <laughs> Right? So those are the tricksters just to see how serious you are. So you write them down and you have to really be aware of the fact that by focusing on the book at hand, then you get to do all those other books because we all live in, you know, fear of missing out mm-hmm. where, and fear of missing out makes you miss out because mm-hmm. then you try and do once and you can't do anything. So I think what I definitely found as well from the books was um, the sense of being able to roll with the punches in that if something happened, if, somebody said oh we can't we, we can't afford you anymore or yes. um that role's no longer available i'd go great that's because the universe is opening up something even better rather right than, <laughs> rather and than that's where the, <laughs> absolutely and that's where the spiritual thing comes into practice where if you keep reading those books and you and you keep saying your affirmations and you're meditating because that kind of stuff can knock you down so fast mm-hmm. so you've got to keep that muscle strong it's yeah. really important and the people you surround yourself with too are hugely important because if you've got people surrounding you being like, yeah, actually, you know, it is really hard to get a job in that field. I'm not surprised you didn't get it. You know, that, come on. Mm-hmm. You do not need that. <laughs> well, I do. I must admit, again, um, uh, James Altucher, who I know you, you've been on his podcast, but he's mm-hmm. talked about this, and it's one of my favorite quotes. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's, you know, and back in the day I had to pay for my new friends because all my friends thought I was joining a cult by going to all these like money making seminars and reading all these books. They're like, what's up with her? (laughs) So I paid for my new friends by joining coaching programs. And you know, there was other people in there who were investing in themselves, who were reading the same stuff as I was, who were really dedicated to changing their lives, no matter how dorky or out there it seemed, Mm. you know? But, and then, and I think as well, it's slow change. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. it's slow change so you're not going to pick up any of the books and wake up tomorrow morning the the fully rounded badass version of yourself I don't think but it wasn't my experience someone else might have a different one yeah I thought it was really interesting that actually that's kind of what happened with the book itself like it was a a slow burn Mm -hmm. And it, mm-hmm. sold, it hit the hit shelves and it grew and grew and grew. And it's now, what, 200 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list? Like, it's phenomenally successful. 
But yeah. It's a little bit like one's transformation or transition into badassery. It's a sl- it's the yellow snowball. It's the slow build. <laughs> it gets Thank you for calling it by its proper name. <laughs> <laughs> it like can it. be. Thank you. I think it's personally quite hilarious. <laughs> um, it can be. I've had both experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, my own transformation, like it, it was a slow burn in one sense where I had to get to the point where I read all, you know, for, I read self-help books for years. I went to these seminars for years. I did all this stuff, but, but you can have a quantum leap where, so, you know, the leading up to the point where I had this massive, almost overnight change took a while, but the overnight change was, you know, I've been going to these seminars da, 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 and I, and I heard a coach speak on stage and she helped women with their finances. And, you know, I've been doing the work, but it wasn't an, when I hired her, when I paid like, I can't remember if it was a third or a quarter of my annual income, which was terrifying, mm. put it on a credit card, paid her to be my coach. I ended up tripling my income within like three or four months. Mm. And so that did not take long, but, but I did all this work before then. Mm-hmm. So you could look at it either way, but it can, you can see massive change almost overnight if you take a big, absolutely bone chillingly terrifying risk. Yes, I agree. And it will feel terrifying, but that's what you're saying to lean into that. Don't see it as a terrifying seeing it as fear and excitement. <laughs> as living. And I remember this feeling and I've had this experience a couple of times where it's almost like you're walking through a different viscosity. Like I almost felt like the air was glue. I remember it so clearly. And it's happened a couple of times when I've done something that's just so out of body and, and, and terrifying where everything slows down and it's almost like I'm pushing through a membrane. I know that sounds really out there, but I remember that so clearly. I've done it a couple of times and it's otherworldly because you literally are stepping into a completely new reality. Mm. And you could feel, was it resistance you could feel and did it ever make you take a step back or was it something that, was it the kind of resistance that made you push harder to break through? I'd already pushed through it. And so that's when the glue appeared. Like I paid that money. I, I asked that person for that favor. I quit my job and, you know, leapt into a new, it was after I'd taken the leap. So that's, I was in the glue. And I remember thinking you cannot look backwards or you're screwed. Mm. So just keep pushing through the glue and it's all new and all 100% unfamiliar, but just keep moving forward. I had to put on sort of like the horse blinders. <laughs> yeah. um, wanting to change one's life, one's reality, like what one does for work, whatever it might be. I think um, there's a lot of focus in the books that I definitely took to heart about vocabulary, changing your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that really struck with me is there's a big difference between wanting and deciding to do something. Right. Yeah. Well, also, if you think about the word want, want means to be in lack of. Mm. So if you're constantly like, I want more money, I want a nicer house, I want a relationship, you're, you're affirming I'm lacking money, I'm lacking a relationship, I'm lacking a nice place to live. So then, because we love to be right, we keep looking for proof of that and we pile it on. And it's very unconscious and it's such a common part of our language. So it really trips you up when you, you know, when you try to stop doing it. Mm. Um, but 
it's important because we really don't realize how susceptible we are to repetition. Repetition is what creates, you know, ruts in our brains and ruts in our belief system. And that's how we, that's how we see the world around us. So, um, being in want of something will create more of that. And Mm -hmm. so this whole thing of wanting versus deciding, Mm -hmm. this is sort of a different take on want, Mm -hmm. but wanting is, um, basically trying until it gets too hard or too expensive or too scary. Mm -hmm. And when you've made that decision, and again, this is what I'm talking about, this glue, right? Mm -hmm. You've made the decision. When you want something, you try until it gets too hard. And then the second it gets too hard, you are immediately looking for excuses as to why it's not going to work and for good, you know, rational reasons why you shouldn't spend that kind of money on a coach or, you know, you talk yourself out of it. Mm. When you've decided, you start looking for uh, ways to make it work. That's the big, that's how you know you're, you're serious is when you start to look for how to make it work instead of for reasons why it won't. Yeah. And it is, it's interesting how we're not conditioned, but the mindset of putting obstacles in the way or thinking about, thinking about those reasons not to do something. I speak to a lot of my friends and we've all kind of had to recondition ourselves to not think like that. And I don't know whether it's because we just panic and we, we are choosing safety and security, but it's definitely a shift or a conditioning. And do you, do you get that from a lot of your readers in the sense that absolutely open their eyes to the fact that their way of thinking, which is the way loads of us think, is mm-hmm. preventing them from getting to where they want to be if they want to make sustainable changes? Absolutely. And we live in a fear-based culture where it's literally irresponsible to go after what your heart desires, right? Mm. Like spending that kind of money is irresponsible or quitting your job and, you know, starting from the ground up, irresponsible and reprehensible, Mm. you know, until you're a success, (laughs) until you're a success. And then everybody wants to be your pal. So yes, absolutely. We have to go against not, we, we have to be strong in the face of not only our own fears, but all the many, many, many layers of judgment surrounding us at all times. And that's why the spiritual gym matters so much. That's why hanging out with people who, instead of, you know, feeding into that irresponsibility are like, hell yes, go for it. And I'm going to help you. You know, that is crucial. And, um, you got to be on the lookout for it because we are so conditioned to talk ourselves out of stuff rather than go for it. Another thing that's actually been really helpful for me is um, from your books is allowing myself sometimes to have a pity party, knowing full well that it has an end point. Yes. And that might be as a creative myself, I'm a writer, or I do this podcast. There are days when I just, might, I just don't have the creativity. And right. that's when I will say, right, I'm going to go to the cinema. And when I get back, mm-hmm. I'll get back to it. But I go in the middle yep. of the day with no one else is there. And I think that's a really valuable lesson. I actually feel like that has, that's really helpful for me to know mm. that I've just got a release valve and it's yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't have to be like uh, on it constantly, like constantly Oh my tracking. gosh. How exhausting and how fun free, you know? And I think that that is a big, uh, excuse not to buy into any of the self-help stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like people are like, Oh, positive thinking. Like who's positive all the time. (laughs) Basically like self-help's a bunch of crap because nobody's positive all the time. And that's not what we're saying. You know, have your damn pity party. You got to feel those feelings or else you will grow a tumor. Like if you 
If you repress your emotions, we are emotional creatures. So you have to feel it. You have to feel sad. You have to allow yourself to feel like a big fat loser. You have to have the downtimes. You've got to feel your feelings or else you're going to get sick. Mm. But the, the difference is some people stay in, um, in that space and actually identify with those feelings and grasp onto them as the truth. Mm-hmm. Whereas the badass will allow themselves to have the pity party and go to the movie in the middle of the day and, you know, not get dressed and stay in bed and let themselves have it, but don't identify with it and then get back on the horse. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely been my experience. Mm-hmm. Quite a few questions from listeners came in about wanting to be as bold as you were and say, I'm going to double my day rate or I'm going to double my cost for that service rendered. Mm-hmm. But they're too scared to do it because they're worried about being rejected. Mm-hmm. And They will get rejected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, big deal. What, you're, on a, you're on a ball in outer space. Let's not forget. You're going to get rejected. <laughs> and... The people who reject you are not the people who are meant to work with you. You know, I remember um, one time raising my rates on somebody. It's a long story. It's in the You Are a Badass at Making Money book. But I'd been working with this man at like $50 an hour and as a coach. I was coaching him. Mm. And then uh, like a year later, after I paid my, you know, paid that money, walked through the glue and, you know, mm made all this money. I ended up charging him like, I think after a year, we, we'd stopped working together. And then a year later I decided I'd up my rates by up my rates, like $250 an hour. Mm. And I was terrified he was going to call me like a money grubbing fat head, you know, greedy pig. And I, and I really cared about him and I really wanted to work with him again. He signed up for my highest price program mm. instead of, instead of taking me down. And it's, it's, again, it's a much longer story. But, um, that money is current, uh, money is currency and currency is energy. So money is currency and currency is energy. So what you charge reflects the energetic that you're at. You can charge 50 bucks an hour as a coach. You can charge a thousand dollars an hour as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on where your energy is at and the people that you will attract will be at that same frequency. So you are, by doubling your rates, if that's where you feel you're at and if that's exciting and scary and, you know, feels right in your gut to you, even though it might be terrifying and you're scared of rejection, if that's what you're feeling, that's where you're meant to be. And if you're really in it, you will start to attract the people you're meant to attract. So yes, you will absolutely lose clients and get rejected, but you will start taking on new ones who are ready to rock and roll. And I'll tell you, when I did that with this man... I was the best. I was like super ninja coach because I was so terrified of that new president. Like, oh my God, I got to really show up for him. And we, and he did the same thing because he was terrified to pay that price. But we both felt like we were ready to step it up massively. And because money is currency and currency is energy, that was necessary. If we had been working at $50 an hour, I am positive. I would not have been as good a coach and he would never have gotten as far as he did. He ended up getting like a multi-million dollar deal within the first couple of months we were working together. Wow. That would not have happened at 50 bucks an hour. I am yeah. convinced. Yeah. Wow. Currency is energy. Hadn't thought mm. about it like that. And also mm-hmm. you said something the last time you were on this show, which made me squeal out loud at the time. I'm going to be a lot more measured when I say it back to you now. Oh, go for it. It's if you, I, we talked about rejection and you said, if you don't have any rejections, you can't, you aren't even trying. Right. Right. And you have to wear them as like, battle scars as well won. Yes. Rejection is a good thing. Yep. 
Absolutely. And I remember my dad, my dad's um, from Italy and, you know, and, and they all learned to speak like 20 languages out there, mm-hmm. actually here. Um, and he was telling me like the only way that you learn to speak a language is by agreeing to look like a complete idiot. Like if you don't speak, <laughs> if you don't speak and say it incorrectly, you're never going to learn the language. So that's exactly what this is. It's like, you've got to be willing to fall flat on your face and look like an idiot and get laughed at and, you know, but it means you're in the game. And then lo and behold, you get to learn how to speak an entirely new language. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit like, um, waiting till something's perfect before you do it. Like waiting to be, you know, whatever weight you want to be or waiting to do whatever, get whatever kind of job. And then you'll do what you want. It's just like, just do it exactly. now. Exactly. Right. Cause you'll wake up at 95 and guess what? Nothing will be perfect. <laughs> no, I no. know that. And and I also just want to quickly touch on that is another thing that people always ask me, like, what do you do if you don't know what you want to do? If you don't know what is in your heart and what the next step looks like. And instead of sitting around and trying to figure it out and getting all the pieces in place, just take some damn action, take some action that feels somewhat right. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent right because you've never existed in this new reality. You've never done this new thing. So how the hell are you supposed to figure it out in your brain and get all the pieces in place Mm. before you take action? Mm. You will learn what it looks like and what the pieces are by getting in the game Mm. and And failing and succeeding. Yeah. yeah. And that leads quite nicely into one of the other questions that came in was uh, a listener wrote in and said that she thought her progress was a little bit too small. Is she not thinking big enough? How does she think bigger and would you say embrace the progress that might you might have made already? Yeah, and I'm I'm not, I would be curious to know what she defines as too small. You know, like if she's if there's an ultimate goal that she's going for, it's a stepping stone. At least there's you know all progress is a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is about keeping your eye on where you're headed and celebrating where you've gotten. Mm-hmm. And gra- yeah, we've talked. Um, we haven't talked about gratitude yet, but you said something in another interview. And again, I loved it where we talked, where you talked about gratitude and you said something along the lines of, you have to be grateful for everything. Be grateful for your debt because at some point you needed that money and it was there for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How important is gratitude on the badass journey? It's so epic because it, puts you in that frequency. Uh, it's literally like the highest frequency you can get. So that it's sort of like what we were just talking about, how be grateful for your failures. Cause it shows that you're on your way because what, what you focus on, you create more of, it really comes down to that. So if you are focused on gratitude, you create more things to be grateful for. That's, I love, I love the term appreciate because it means two things. It means mm. to be in appreciation of something, but it also means to grow, mm. to appreciate. So what you appreciate, appreciates. And if you focus on all the reasons why things suck and how hard that was and blah, 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 you'll create more of that. Mm-hmm. So it really, when you're in a state of appreciation, the reason it grows is because it opens you up to look for more opportunities to help you keep growing because you want to be right and you want to keep proving that you should be grateful for these things because, because they're available to you mm-hmm. and because it's positive. And if you're looking for negativity, you can find that too. Exactly. Exactly. Misery loves company is a very famous question. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of the thing that you desire, there's another great line in the book, which is the thing you desire is available to you right now. You just have to be available to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. 
And I, yeah. that's the kind of thing. And I think for anybody who hasn't read the books, obviously the links to buy them will be in the show notes. And I cannot tell you how many times I gift these to people and how many times I dip in and out. But what it made me, it's that control thing again. The thing that you desire is available to you right now. I didn't realize that. And so now I think, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I can act on that. Mm-hmm. And that's really empowering. Isn't it? Mm. And the thing that and, and the thing that I think is so interesting is this whole idea of surrendering so that you can receive it. Mm-hmm. Because and this is such a delicate dance, and this is just like existential evolved person, you know, <laughs> master's degree. But you do everything you know how to do to create the reality you're shooting for, right? So you mm-hmm. you work, you focus, you surround yourself with smart people, you go to spiritual gym, you do it all. And at the same time, You've got to surrender and lean back because basically you are, you are working towards creating this new reality in the reality you currently exist in, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily know what that new opportunity looks like. You don't necessarily know the specifics of the new reality because you're in the reality you're in right now. So in order to receive it, you've got to lean back. And there, and that's this sort of like pushing forward and leaning back dance that we all have to do Mm. where and 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 this is literally the leaning back i believe is connected to fear where think about like literally like falling backwards is terrifying to us right so you mm-hmm. fall backwards but you have to be able to do that because the new opportunity is going to come in the form of something scary something you totally don't want to do so it's that person who's totally out of your league or it's paying the money that you quote unquote don't have for that that education or that coach or it's it's this job opportunity that seems so weird and unfamiliar but kind of cool and maybe might be the right thing that you're going to take a risk on and go for. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something that is upsetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and it's a really important thing because what happens is when we're so caught up in the reality that you know quote unquote reality that we're in the other thing that exists in that reality is all the wonderful and justifiable reasons why you should not do this new scary thing. Mm. So you've got to lean back and you've got to unhook from that in order to see and act on the new thing that you need to do. Mm. And let's go back quickly to the list because I think the list is so important and the right actually putting pen to paper or whether you write it on a document or your computer mm. and actually crystallizing the things that you want to see or feel Mm-hmm. How early on in the process should somebody, is that the first step ultimately? Yeah. I think getting clear on the specifics that you know about, mm-hmm. you know, just because the thing is about specifics, even more than the actual thing or experience that you're describing is the way it makes you feel. So a lot of times, you know, people will say, I want to make X amount of dollars so that I can buy this specific car. And a lot of times they end up making more money. That happened to me over and over where it would go beyond what the specifics were that I put down. So you don't want to get too, or, or, you know, the, the partner that you're looking for, you find somebody even better than you thought you were going to get. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about the feelings. So don't get so married to the specifics because again, you don't know that's up to the universe. That's a, you don't, you don't know what this new reality, the specifics of the new reality, because you've never been there before. Mm. What your job is, is to get excited about it and to, and to marinate in the feeling because we 
take action based on feeling. So this is why the thoughts, beliefs, and words are so critical because those create feelings in you. What you think about all day creates a certain feeling and a certain energy. And based on that feeling and energy are the actions that you take. Mm. So money flows to me easily and freely felt a hell of a lot better than I can afford it. And it inspired me to take different action because I was vibrating at a higher frequency. Mm. Right? Mm. So even though I didn't know the specifics of what the hell I was going to do to make money flow to me easily and freely, I did what I knew how to do and stayed attached to that feeling so that when the big scary opportunity came in, I was, even though I was like, oh, Christ, that's what I like. That is the last thing I want to do because I had that excitement at my fingertips instead of immediately pulling in all my excuses as to why I shouldn't and why it was a bad idea and how I was going to lose all my money and how I was going to suck and blah, blah, blah. I went for it and figured out how to make it happen. It's crucial. Mm. I get a lot of uh, messages from people who are in office jobs. So they maybe have a manager or an editor or whatever it might be. And they're not particularly happy in those roles. They kind of feel like they're on the groundhog day grind. And mm-hmm. they try to change their behavior in order to make it better ultimately. And I wondered if you had any any insight on how to improve that situation or whether... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. <laughs> I mean... At the end of the day, when you work for somebody else, they determine your paycheck. So if it's about finances, Mm. you know, you really are beholden to whatever they want to pay you. However, that does not mean that you are a victim and you're stuck and, you know, whatever. Mm. You're at it. There are so many miracles that happen in office situations where the better your attitude, like think about it. Wouldn't you rather work with somebody who had an awesome attitude, who was enthusiastic and sunny you would want to give them a promotion. You would, if they came in one day, was like, you know what? I have a great idea on how to make this company more money. I think we should expand in this direction. Like you just never know, but you are going to get so much farther based on your attitude. Mm. Right. Mm. It's, it's an energy. We're energetic creatures. So yeah, having a good attitude is really important. And if you really hate your job, go get a new one. You're on a ball in outer space. You got one shot at this thing. So, but in the process of getting a new one, be damn grateful for the one that you have for giving you money, giving you security while you're out there at looking for the new thing, giving you experience, introducing you to people. Yeah. It's all about energy. Yes. And I was uh, chatting to one of the listeners on DM the other day who was in that situation and just saying, I just want to quit, but I don't know what will happen. And I, I just said, and I think this is channeling you a little bit. I said, you will make it happen. You'll make it yes. right. Yes. Yeah. And, and take, and do something scary out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. If you really, you know, and, and just to be clear, like I am a, I I love my quitters. I love the people who quit the jobs they hate and go for (laughs) new ones. But I also know what it's like to be in such financial struggle that you kind of are crippled by it. Cause it's so, you know, not, not having money is incredibly terrifying and debilitating. Mm -hmm. So I actually am a very big believer in keeping that day job that you do not like, Mm -hmm while you create the new reality instead of, and, and conversely, if you can quit and you've got a good size nest egg, quit and go for it. But, um, money's real and Mm -hmm. money is a tool that we need to, to, you know, not have a gorilla on our chest of, of terror and, you know, stress Mm -hmm. because we use it every single day. So get your numbers in place, man. Like you got to, this whole money thing, especially people, the specifics around that are critical. Money is numbers. So, 
figure out exactly how much you need to make every month to live and look for a new job. And then if you've got that, then, you know, just be smart about it. That was one of the, but I think money is something that we uh, can sort of hide from. And, you know, you get a credit card statement through or your phone pings to say your statement's due or whatever. (laughs) You know, there's a panic response, but in um, badass at making money, that thing about get specific, find out how much it costs you to live. Like actually knowing those numbers, again, it's re- it's another element of the badass books, which is incredibly empowering and it's taking back control. Overwhelm is 90% of the time about not being specific. Mm-hmm. We just automatically go into the state of overwhelm about money, about things we have to do, you know, about how hard it's going to be to change our lives. Meanwhile, when you take the four minutes it takes to sit down and figure out the numbers, figure out your to-do list, it's almost never as bad as we make it. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes we do bite off more than we can choose. So I'm going to give you the get out of jail free card for that one. But honestly... <laughs> Most of the time people are flipping out about something, it's pretty easily solved. You've just made money the bad guy. You've made, you know, crushing debt the bad guy. And it's like, actually do the numbers and figure it out and you will be great. Yeah. What a fantastic note on which to end. And I suppose <laughs> the listeners will obviously know that all the links to the books, including the new one, You Are a Badass Every Day, which honestly, I think I might have to just carry it around with me all the time. I love you, Emma. <laughs> well, I, I, you know that I'm a huge fan. And I like when I'm not exaggerating when I say I gift this book to so many people because yeah. it made a massive difference to my life at a time that was incredibly tricky. And, um, I know that it makes a, I, okay. I don't know how you are about, um, public displays of emotion, but, uh, <laughs> the first time I was supposed to podcast with you, I told the PR that I was stuck in Newcastle. I wasn't, I was suffering terribly with panic attacks and anxiety and I was on the floor of my flat crying. And so, but we were, it was fine because we were able to do a Skype. Mm. And there were many things that, and I I always say, you know, in the darkness, something caught Mm. my eye and it was a yellow book. And Mm. it was incredibly helpful to me that what with therapy, there's an amazing quote that I heard RuPaul say on uh, his podcast about (laughs) the internal saboteur is trying to get you alone so it could kill you. And Mm. that woke me up. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is I do think that your books can change lives, but I also think that your books can save lives. And I believe that. Oh, Emma. So. Thank you so much. What a sweet thing to say. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, and I just want to, you know, say to everybody listening, first of all, how brave are you? And look what you've done. <laughs> you know, you are living proof that you get to create an awesome reality for yourself. So way to be an incredible inspiration to everybody, you know? Next time you're in town, the drinks are on me. How's that? Okay, lady, (laughs) I will take you up on that. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, I'm just going to ask you a quick favor. If you want to get in touch with me, there are some very simple ways to do it. Drop me an email at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. That is an inbox for listeners only, and I am always 
incredibly happy to hear from you. You can also, if it feels feels right, feels better, you can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I'm at Emma Guns, or you can also join the closed Facebook group. The link to join is in the show notes. And if you get the opportunity, wherever you are streaming and downloading this episode, it would be so great if you could click that subscribe button, maybe even tell a few friends, share it with them. And maybe if it offers you an option to leave five stars and write a couple of sentences about what you've enjoyed about the show, I'm not going to stop you. Fill your boots. Maybe it feels right. Maybe it feels doesn't. Maybe it feels doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. But if you do, I am incredibly grateful. I will be incredibly grateful. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. I will see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.